Before we get too far into this Fly Racing Racer X podcast, I want to thank the folks at Racetech. Pulp MX24 is the code to save with Racetech. Suspension work, motor work, they do it all at Racetech since the early 80s. And show your bike some love and use the code and save some money and check out their super informative website, All Things Suspension. Racetech, Racetech.com. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, and Motosport.com on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Thank you for listening to Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast. Fly Racing, man, great guys. Great gear, great safety equipment. Uh, the Formula S helmet, you can download the app, look at the helmet, tra- trace your helmet. Uh, it, can, it can work with you to, to alert authorities if you need it. If you go down and you don't move, the helmet will respond to the proper uh, emergency contacts slash authorities. It's a lot going on with that Formula S helmet, and, man, it could literally save your life. So please check it out on top of the Rion and on top of the, the, the cone head and all of that technology. So really, really cool to have the guys at Fly Racing concerned about trying to make helmet technology better, and they do with the Formula S helmet. So thank you to those guys. They have lines of gear from the Evo to the F-16 that will uh, fit you, uh, make you look good. You'll like the colors, the designs, all of that. Flyracing.com, of course. RJ Hampshire, Fly Racing Guy, Dean Wilson, right? You know all the guys, Justin Brayton, and so on and so forth. Uh, Flyracing.com, please check it out. your local dealer or Flyracing.com for more information on that. Thank you to those guys for making it happen. And Renthal as well, Red Bull KTM. Monster Energy Kawasaki, Factory Honda, HRC, all using Renthal products along with like guys like Grant Harlan and, and more. So Renthal.com for more information. Really informative website. Chances are if you've raced or ridden, you've used Renthal products from the uh, bars to the grips, sprockets, chains. Their, their mountain bike stuff as well is really great. They have a super, super good website. So please check it out. Renthal.com. Thank you to those guys. Uh, and Maxxis Tires. MXSTs have been available, developed by Jeremy McGrath. And now they have the soft intermediate, intermediate to hard tires. And uh, PRMX is putting it in the main events. Uh, Mad Parts Kawasaki putting in the main events. Thank you to the folks at uh, Maxxis Tires for everything that they do. For us, mountain bike tires are phenomenal. As you know, they've cornered the market on that. Thank you to uh, those guys. And we'll tell you more about motorsport.com. Uh, as we uh, get later into this podcast, uh, two for today. Davey Coombs talking to Cotty, Justin Bogle talking Stark, and uh, some really interesting stuff from both of them. Uh, looking forward to uh, learning some stuff about this. So please uh, have a listen. Let me know what you think. Away uh, we go. First up, DC. All right, first up here on the uh, Fly Race and Racer X podcast to talk about a recent trip to Italy, the debut of the Ducati uh, 450 bikes, Antonio Caroli involved with them, and, and, and really, really cool to get a new OEM. Involved uh, from Racerex Online, my boss, Davey Coombs. What's up, DC? How are you, man? I'm good. I'm still recovering from uh, what I would call a very whirlwind 
trip. Uh, it was unexpected, as you probably recall. Uh, and, and the way back was truly an odyssey. But, uh, man, it was, it was really cool. I had a real good time. Uh, loved uh, visiting with uh, Tony and Jill Cairoli and uh, Alessandro Lupino mm-hmm. and just all of the, the people at Ducati that I've you know, come to know over the years. You know, remember, we had Road Racer X back in the day. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so, yeah. so the, it's it's not a new company to me, but it uh, it, it sure is interesting that they're coming into uh, motocross and supercross. Yeah, it is cool. And we got Triumph coming up this weekend in Detroit. Beta's here, <clears throat> and Ducati's coming. It's man, it's it's really cool for the sport. It's good to see. Uh, hey, by the way, are you a skier? Because a big part of this thing that Ducati was doing with the media was skiing. Uh, are you a skier? Um, I'll get to that at the end. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to, yeah. Yeah. The the funny thing is, you know, for, for me and, uh, it kind of goes back more than a year. Um, uh, there's a guy that, uh, his name is Martino Bianchi. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's been around the MXGP for a real long time. Uh, he's sort of a, an independent contractor in Italy, but he is a consultant for Ducati. And he called me uh, on WhatsApp. It was the first WhatsApp call I ever got uh, and said he was coming to Anaheim uh, two last year. And he okay. had uh, he was bringing someone special with him that he, he really wanted me to meet uh, a couple of people, actually. Yep. And uh, the man turned out to be uh, Paolo Giappetti. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is the the guy they call the maestro. Uh, he's the head of uh, the Ducati course and course stands basically for racing, you know, in mm-hmm. loose translation. And uh, he, he brought him to Anaheim. And, uh, but before we could talk, I had to sign a non-disclosure. Oh, and really? Like, wow. Uh, uh-oh, uh-oh. And uh, so he wanted to talk to myself and uh, Dave Prater, Tim Cotter, and my sister Carrie. And so we all huddled in the AMA truck. And, and I'm like, I've heard these rumors that they may be coming to this space. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, he said, this is our plan, and this is where we want to be, and we're just doing our due diligence. We don't know a lot about this, but we're going to hire people who do. Mm-hmm. And um, so I knew about it, Anaheim 1, or Anaheim 2, sorry, uh, uh, 2023. So it's one of those things, and you know this, is when you sign an, an NDA, you or there's an embargo, and you have like the velvet handcuffs on. Yeah. And like people are talking about it, and I'm just like, eh. and 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 they wanted to talk to me not because I was racer X, but because of the MX Sports yeah, Pro Racing, yeah. the Loretta Lynn's component, GNCC, and all that, and uh, and obviously you know they want to talk to Dave Prater because Supercross looms very large and Super Motocross uh, very large in in their future. So you know it, it was a, a year of communication back and forth. And by the way, Martino, the guy I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, Seven years ago, he brought a kid from Italy to Loretta Lens, you know, and they did the whole thing. You had to do the area, you yeah. had to do the regional. You know, there are no shortcuts at Loretta Lens, and uh, and he's really going out of his way for this two fifty B slash C schoolboy rider. And uh, he introduces me, you know, at the, at the race, and the kid goes out and gets like ninth and tenth. Okay, and I'm like, well. I don't see it, but okay. Well, that kid was Andrea Adamo, oh, okay. who is now the yeah. MX2 <laughs> world champion. And uh, so I, that's just Martino is uh, yeah. uh, is a really cool guy. And so uh, 
Ducati definitely have the right people for this. And um, But as far as this trip goes, and I told you this uh, when we were talking about whether or not you were going to go, uh, it was the Monday before the whole shebang, and uh, I get a text you know, from, from Martino saying, hey, you haven't answered. Mm-hmm. Are you coming? And I'm like, well, I don't understand what you're talking about. I really don't know. And and uh, and then I, I I I'm like, I better look in my spam. And sure enough, I got an email from Italy from something info at Ducati Course yeah. IT something, and and I'd gotten it right after Christmas. And I'm like, oh no, you know. And uh, so I I got a hold of him. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. I didn't even know about it. It went in my spam folder. And uh, so I ended up buying a plane ticket because, you know, it, 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 with a new OEM coming in like this, I, I thought it was really important, mm-hmm. not just for the magazine, but certainly for all those other entities. And knowing that, you know, Supercross was going to be focused on uh, San Diego and their 50th uh, celebration, I, I, I was kind of the proxy for um, Feld as well. Uh, in super motocross. So I, I put on one of those black shirts with, uh, you know, collar shirt like you always see, you always see Prater and Mike Mewey wearing yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, It's been a while since I had a collared shirt on, to yeah. be honest with you. But um, off I went. Yeah, it, uh, it seemed really cool. And, and I mean, look, Ducati is a certain name, uh, a certain image of a Ducati that, you know, they're doing really well in MotoGP, as little as I follow that. Um, I'm guessing this event was, was high end, put off very, very well. <laughs> It, it was, yeah. and, and I, I, I had to fly to first to you know Newark, then to Frankfurt, then down to Verona, Italy, and then they picked me up in a car, and and you know Audi is owned by, or I'm sorry, Ducati is owned by Audi, mm-hmm. which is part of the Volkswagen Group, and so they do these big intros uh, all the time, and and before COVID, they were doing the. Ducati course team sort of alongside Ferrari because mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're neighbors in, uh, you know, right outside of Bologna and what they call the Motor Valley, I think it would be the loose translation. And Lamborghini is there too. Mm-hmm. So you, we're talking some high end uh, things here. Uh, so um, we went up to this ski resort up in the Dolomites, which are basically the Italian Alps. And man, they rolled out the red carpet, and and I, I you know, pardon the pun because everything was red. It, it seemed like, but what I didn't realize, because like you, Steve, I don't really follow road racing that closely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I knew that they had a amazing have an amazing package now uh, for for MotoGP and have like eight of the twenty two bikes however are on the grid or Ducati now, and they even got Mark Marquez to come over for yeah. next year. Um, but, um, they've won not only the MotoGP title the last couple of years, but they've also won world Superbike. And, and the difference is the Superbike platform is kind of based on production, like racing mm-hmm. in America, yeah. yep. American supercross and motocross. And then, you know, MotoGP is like MXGP where it's just full works and, and the resources they've poured into both of those, uh, are, are incredible. And um, and Paulo, uh, the gentleman that I you know met you know a year and a half earlier or you know mm-hmm. twelve months earlier, uh, he um, the maestro of all that. So this this big rollout was as much about the success of the road racing teams 
Um, but it was also sort of a farewell slash transition for Paulo because for him to move over to motocross, supercross, and off-road. Yeah, it's big, right? It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. It, it, it's a huge jump. It would be you know, someone going from F1 to NASCAR. I think, yeah, um, and and uh, it was it was it was really cool to see. And then, of course, you know the bikes themselves. Uh, when they pulled the cover off, I was expecting a black bike, and, and only because we've got Hondas and Triumph yeah, really yeah. isn't established as black yet. Uh, it will be this weekend, obviously. But um, it uh, when they pulled the covers off, it was a wow moment. Yeah. Um, they were very short on details. I heard, I heard. Yeah, and, and, and Paulo was, was, was very upfront about it. He said, look, this is a prototype. We are doing our due diligence. We will not have a bike for uh, production until the second half of 2025. And so the bike that you see now will be completely different. So don't ask me about, you know, any mm-hmm. of the real nitty-gritty, you know, neither to say it's going to have the Desmo, uh, you know, valve system, valve train, yeah, 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 which is which is you know their their particular uh, you know um, protected uh, system that they use with great success, obviously in MotoGP, and uh, but beyond that, uh, it was pretty. It had shiny monster logos. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we didn't even get to hear it, uh, but but uh, just to see him sitting there. Uh, and then, you know, I got to talk to Tony about it and he, he said the same thing, like, eh, there's a long way to go, but, but they're up and running and the commitment is fantastic. And, uh, you know, he's found himself a nice spot, uh, as he transitions out of being a racer. Did you get a sense in talking to Antonio, who's by the way, just one of the greatest guys in the sport, a real, real good dude. Did you get a sense of why he made this jump? how that came together um you know obviously well, I, I, the italian you know is all there i get it but you know yeah i you know it's it, i i look at it sort of like the way i look at the prado thing now you know prado is almost certainly coming to america and, and he's mm-hmm. almost certainly going to be on something other than a kt or an austrian bike mm-hmm. something other than uh red bull and and it's just he feels that he's at a point in his life where you know, it was time for a new challenge and a new adventure with Antonio. I think that, you know, there's so many good and talented people at, at the KTM group, uh, you know, and also a lot of, you know, top uh, world champions, multi-time world champions like Heinz Kinnigander and, and Joel Smets. And uh, so I don't know that there was necessarily room for him to okay. really – uh, invest and excel mm-hmm. and and you know when when you're italian and you you live outside rome and everything is ducati lamborghini ferrari yeah. fiat um you you it has to be a- attractive so for for ducati to you know grab a nine-time world champion uh, of the highest respect and and a fantastic spokesman and and to your point just one of the nicest guys you would ever meet. Uh, completely uh, unfazed by the success he had as a racer, um, you know it, it. It only makes sense. And, mm-hmm. and and you know, to me, the bigger surprise is that you know to see Tony Cairoli with a monster hat on <laughs> after what twenty years in Red Bull. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I think that's the same thing. And, and you 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 look at 
you know, where where they sort of rate Jeffy Hurlings in Europe or where they rate, you know, Jet Lawrence here, uh, you know, it, 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 there can be pushback when you're that, that number one guy. And, yeah. and especially when you're at a point in your career, like Antonio is where he's looking for, what am I going to do for the next 10 years? And, and I don't know that he necessarily wants to be a team manager. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that he more or less still loves to ride and, and, and really embraces the idea of, mm-hmm. you know, doing another million laps at Lomo. Uh, cause I asked him that in the press conference. I'm like, look, you know, you've, you've, you know, spent a lifetime at Lomo. Are you sure you want to spend a few more years there? And he laughed and he said, yeah, but not doing, you know, 35 minute motos, yeah, more, yeah. more like short, <laughs> short motos. Um, and then I asked him about, you know, supercross. I, I said, you know, you, it's not your, not your cup of, uh, grappa, you know, and and he said, uh, and, and Paulo said the same that that they are looking for a partner in America. Yeah, they've and, met. They've had some meetings. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. they, they've had yeah. some meetings, and you know, uh, need suffice to say, they're looking at an East Coast based team. Uh, you and I know there's um, uh, a couple in the Carolinas mm-hmm. uh, that are racing right now, and there's one that used to race in the Carolinas. Yeah, um, and I think all that's attractive, but. The thing to remember is that that whoever they team up with, it, 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 they want to do the whole thing, but they only have a 450 right now. So that's going to affect anyone who has an amateur program or wants to race arena cross as well as, uh, you know, the 250 class. Um, so there's 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 some hurdles to jump through, but they're they're thinking East Coast. Uh, and and someone established, but if they have to go it alone, I I could see them doing that too. I was going to ask you about the 450 thing. It's interesting because Triumph jumps in with a 250 first and, and, and 450 is coming and Ducati jumps in with a 450 first and 250 is coming. I don't know uh, whether which way is right or wrong or whatever. Did you get a sense of talking to anybody at Ducati or even like maybe your conversations with Triumph people uh, previously on why they went that route on that size bike to start? You know, I I don't uh, I I I can read through um, the 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 tea leaves though that I think that you know when you think about what Ducati the the package they already have with the Desmo mm-hmm. I think it's easier to do a four fifty okay. than yeah, yeah. than a, a two fifty so they're starting from the top down and in the case of Triumph they don't have those super high end uh, uh, bikes and I think that they saw two fifty is um, you know, a way to sell more bikes and to establish um, a, a, a connection with a, a certain demographic and a certain gen- generation mm-hmm. that's young and, and will start on a 250. So I, I see the wisdom in both, but I also see uh, how it, it, it's kind of weird that it worked out that way. Mm-hmm. I know they didn't sync them up that way, um, but, you know, Triumph yeah. uh, was a a year ahead of them because I had to sign that same NDA at a GNCC back in during COVID when, when some chaps showed up from England and it was the same thing. It was like, are you serious? You guys are going to, you know, COVID didn't seem like the time to be planning a entry into, you know, motocross, supercross and GNCC, but uh, they were, they were already uh, on their way. I know you know some people, you know, sort of on, on the outside of things in Ducati America as well. And you mentioned the Road Race, uh, Road Racer X, of course. Uh, shout out Chris Johnham for that. Um, 
One of the theories I heard, and and maybe you can, I, I mean, no, this is not going to come out in the press conference, but maybe in some, some, some maybe you're drinking a little bit of whiskeys with some, some Italians. One of the theories I heard was Ducati's like, okay, KTM comes into MotoGP. You know, they have some success, not a lot. It's, it's some. Uh, Ducati's like, you know, watch this. Like, like there's no secret KTM is pouring millions into their MotoGP effort. And Ducati's like, okay, well, we're, we're, we're going to jump into your, uh, your yeah. lane here. Did you, did you get a sense of that from anybody? You know, I, I didn't. It felt like it felt like more, and, and maybe it was just the messaging, but it's more about they're trying to establish a, a link, you know, just like Triumph is with a younger generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they 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 know that in order to do that, uh, they got to get you know, w- what is the cheapest form of motorcycle racing? It's it's motocross, yeah. supercross, sure. and, and also the more bang for your buck when you think about it. And and I think that Ducati wants to you know work uh, or or get into that market so that it can, they can expand their reach. And then when that person is you know older and has a job and wants to get you know a, a, a adventure bike or you know a, a Desmo uh, sport bike, mm-hmm. you know which costs a lot of money, um, they'll sort of have done the introductory part by having these dirt bikes. But I, I, I also think that, that, you know, to your point about KTM going into road racing, I don't know if there was a tit for tat like there was. Do, do you remember when Oakley decided to make shoes? So Jim Gennard's buddy, Phil Knight at Nike, decided to make glasses. No, I don't. I, I do remember that, but was that part yeah, of it? Yeah. <laughs> I could see that kind of being part of it. Yeah, but at no point has anyone mentioned the the, the KTM road racing thing. Um, I, I just think they have their eyes set mm-hmm. on this market because uh, it, it, it it's growing. And 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 as weird as that sounds, uh, you know. And I've said this before. Uh, you know, the pandemic was a really shitty thing on so many levels, and, and so weird and so strange. But if there was one little bit of silver lining. It was the way the motorcycle industry bounced back and continues to to chug along. Um, sales are good, um, the racing's good, sponsorship's good, television's good. Uh, things are going well, and I, I think that that the Ducati, having mastered MotoGP and World Superbike, thought the time was uh, right to mm-hmm. make this uh, you know expand their reach. Correct me if I'm wrong. 2025 MXGP, 2026 America, right? Yeah, yeah. but there's one little caveat okay. to that, and that is so the homologation rule is is still a very serious thing with the AMA. The 400 units mm-hmm. uh, having those in, and and I know that everyone probably remembers when everyone transitioned to four strokes that 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 everyone got a grace period of one year. Well, as soon as the existing manufacturers had their grace periods, the AMA quietly did away with that. So now anyone new coming in doesn't get that one year to race, you know, a prototype. A rogue spike, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so so Ducati, you know, knowing realistically, you know, that, that they have a lot of work to do, picked uh, 2024 to ride in Italy, that'll mm-hmm. be Lupino and maybe even Tony and some select events or maybe even just exhibition laps. Uh, they'll, they'll come or they'll go to MXGP in 2025, but the homologation thing is not the same for amateur motocross 
and, and GNCC because of the amount of classes and how it's specialized. And um, I, I may have misspoke. I maybe for motocross, but it's not the same for off-road because the, the units sold and all this different stuff. So they could conceivably race GNCC as soon as 2025. But for Supercross, Pro Motocross, and Super Motocross, mm-hmm. uh, you won't see them here until 2026. But but they, they plan, you know, that that is their goal. Uh, the bikes have been in the assembly line in fall of 2025. And I think by then they will, they will have already started on the 250 as well. I wonder if, like a lot of things, Ducati, uh, their street bikes, I wonder if this 450, and, you know, it looked great. Like the one, obviously, like you said, they, they told you, hey, this is a prototype and things could change. But looking at the bike, you know, closely on the photos, it, it looks high-end. It looks cool. It looks unique. I wonder if they're coming in with a retail price a little more premium or high-end like a lot of their street bikes. So that'll be interesting to see if, they, if they're like, hey, man. This is a Ducati. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. It'd be interesting. Well, I, I, I would assume so. I, I think it's only natural that's, uh, you know, because if they came in with a discount bike, yeah. uh, then people would be like, well, why not discount the road race bikes and the, the adventure bikes? Yep. Um, I just think that's the their business model is a little different uh, than, say, the Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wouldn't doubt that. I think the... the um, I think the bigger problem is going to be establishing a dealer network that has room for dirt bikes yeah. and has the bandwidth uh, for dirt bike parts, for dirt bike uh, mechanics. Not mechanics. Yeah, I almost wonder if they yeah. just go away from the road race and start anew, you know? I don't yeah, know. I, it, yeah, it remains to be seen, but I, I you know, admittedly have not talked to a um, a, a Ducati dealership in America mm-hmm. about this. Although I was on the phone with Jeff Cernick earlier and forgot to ask him. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a, a bridge they're going to have to cross sooner than later. Cause uh, you don't want to just dump 400 bikes at uh, Chaparral <laughs> <laughs> and say, say, we got them. We're I, here. I can see the Ducati street bike dealers being like, no, we are not dealing with dirt. We, we do not know. We don't go find another dealer. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, you know, to, to that point, you know, we, we're, we're finding that out, you know, as we try to find different facilities, uh, venues for super motocross events and other things that, man, people who race on pavement don't want motorcycles yeah. anywhere near <laughs> or, or dirt bikes. Dirt bike. Yeah, it's because a different thing. you can't even get dust on that track. I, I remember uh, when Barber Motorsports had their vintage racing one year and, and, and they built the track on the west side of the car track. And it was windy, and it was dry, and it was just dust yeah. everywhere. And they were freaking out about it because it's like who who you know to build a dirt bike track on the you know within the windstream uh, where it all blows over on the race car track. Uh, yeah, they probably second guess that the next time. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's really cool to see Ducati and Triumph and Beta coming in and. It, it just makes it more interesting, more rides for riders, more teams involved. All I love it. It's great. Yeah. Um, well, I did okay. figure out, Steve, yep. um, just you know, on this very long plane ride home, I, I had a, a trip home that actually took 45 hours. Oh, geez. Uh, but it included you know, a long layover in Verona and a long layover in Frankfurt. So I got to do some uh, history dork stuff and some mm-hmm. sign jousting and some scooter riding. So it was fun. But I figured out uh, with the vault 
that uh, the um, Beta uh, became the uh, 17th brand uh, of course to race. You, of course, super. You did. Of course, you did. Didn't you? This <laughs> yeah. is not. This is not surprising. Okay, 17th yeah. brand. And, okay, and, and this weekend we will have the 18th with the you know arrival of mm-hmm. Triumph. Yeah, and then of course Ducati is going to be the 19th. And uh, I know that there are some folks in Barcelona that are hoping the Stark uh, will be twentieth, yeah, but um, that's that's a that's a whole different uh, rubric that we're still trying to all solve here. Ironically enough, the other podcast right after this one is with Justin Bogle about his new Stark deal. So stay tuned, everybody, to listen to that. I already did it yesterday. So, um, okay, the skiing, the skiing. <laughs> what, how'd it go? You, no broken legs, so you're good there. Yeah. Well, yeah, like you said at the beginning, there, there, there. It was, it was a lot about skiing too. <laughs> it was, and, yeah, uh, I saw that itinerary. And, and yeah. So they asked me what level skier I was, and you know, I'm, I go, you know, two or three times a year. I mean, just came back from, you know, family vacation at Park City over Christmas. We went up to the the Blocks House, and you know, I'm like, you know, I'm I'm intermediate. You know, I go back and forth between snowboard and skiing, sure. and they're like, oh, okay, and. Uh, the, then we have to get up at like six in the morning and meet at this gondola. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's the first sign of, uh Oh, um, <laughs> and I, I, I end up on the gondola by myself because the way it worked out, these are just little four person yeah. things. And then as we started going up, I realized, Oh no, we're not just going up this hill. We're going up that mountain. And, and all of a sudden I'm hanging above the dolomites and, and I'm just staring at the floor of this gondola trying not to look over the sides. Mm. And, and so we get to the top. They, they, they call it sunrise over the Dolomites, and they had a uh, what they call a refuge up there, which is like a little uh, you know station where they had breakfast mm-hmm. and you know, espresso and everything nice. But I keep looking over the hill, and I'm like, where are the bunny trails? Where, <laughs> where, how do we? And, and uh, so um, I was sitting with Tony and Jill, and, and and she's like, well, you go with me. I'm not going with those guys. And those guys just go straight over the mountain. Yeah. And I mean, when you got to this ledge of this, you know, slope and looked down, it was like, there's no way. So I decided, okay, I'll go. <laughs> I'll go sudden, down. I'll go with sudden, them. All of a sudden, you're not an intermediate skier. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, uh, I think intermediate over there yeah, exactly. means like intermediate at Loretta Lynn's. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, right. The the the, the top line intermediate uh is you know just a couple of years ago hayden deegan yeah yeah good uh, point yeah i i so i think i was more like a novice you're district 16 uh, intermediate not loretta yeah. lynn's intermediate got it but because it was, because i was the only american there there wasn't really anyone to sort of gauge myself off of mm-hmm. and it turns out italians love to ski yeah and man off they went and i'm just like okay and i'm just still trying to get my skis on and then the other group goes the backside of the mountain, and guess what? Hmm. It's just as steep. <laughs> <laughs> so I wad up the first time before I got to the first turn. Oh. I went down the second time before I got to the second turn. And each one of these is about, you know, 100 yards. Yeah. And I'm snow piling the whole way down. And I'm like, and the group keeps having to stop and wait for me. And then finally, um, 
this girl skis over in front of me, girl with alarmingly beautiful blue eyes. She was the, the ski guide. And she just stops in front of me and looks at me and looks down the hill. And she goes, you can, no, you can go no further. You go no further. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, how do I get out of here? Because yes. everything, there are no signs that say black diamond or yeah. double black diamond or right. don't go here. It was just, it was, I felt like an Olympic downhiller only <laughs> I was on roller skates. <laughs> so, so what did you do? Uh, man, it, 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 the, equivalent, the, the skiing equivalent of the walk of shame, yeah, yeah, here yeah. came the snowmobile. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and the guy driving the snowmobile had equally beautiful blue eyes. It was strange. <laughs> People live in the mountains. I don't know. Um, and they made, they, they, I put my skis in the back, and, and, and I'm like, I'm scared to death to go down this mountain, even on a, even on a, you know, a, a rescue snowmobile. So they, anyway, they they took me up and now I'm like holding on to the back and almost looping out and like scared shitless. And we get up and they're like, okay, you go in the gondola. So I take the ride of shame down the mountain, eyes closed, looking at the floor. Cause it's so oh, high. I would, <laughs> this sounds horrible to me, by the way. This yeah, it, 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 it was, it, it was. And uh, <laughs> when I got down to the bottom, I was waiting and, and, and uh, Martino comes over and he goes, "Hey, are you are you okay?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah I'm good, I'm good." He's, "What do you what 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 do you, what what do you want to do now?" And I'm like, "You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna spend the rest of the afternoon just focused on my strengths, which are shopping and drinking." <laughs> you're you're so, like, "Where's Mario's <laughs> fishbowl?" Is it would point me to the Mario's fishbowl around here? <laughs> yeah, and I just started walking around town and, and and enjoying myself and waited for everyone else to come down. And, oh wow! And and then as it worked out, my flight the next day got canceled so i actually ended up leaving uh that afternoon so i could get a, a head start because mm-hmm. uh, instead of leaving at two in the afternoon i had to leave at 6 40 in the morning uh and that began this odyssey this, this, this trip yeah yeah of getting home but man it it was worth it uh made some new friends uh always a pleasure to hang out with uh, the Cairolis and yeah. and loopy as they call them and Lupino, Martino. Yeah. yeah, Lupino. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, I wrote about it a little bit in Racer Ed last week, and mm-hmm. I'll say it again. They are going to be formidable. They, they are throwing resources that I don't know that other companies necessarily have at their disposal. And I think that Audi has pretty much told Ducati, with the, the success you're having, put all of that money back into racing and continue the success. And I think that goes over to uh, the the motocross and supercross team. And I know that there's like, who are they going to pick? Who are they going to get? What team are they going to line up with? Is Ken Roxon the, the perfect guy for 2025, 2026, you know, go mm-hmm. back to MotoGP or MXGP, come back to supercross. I don't think they're going to do something like that. I think that they're, they're going to, uh, be pragmatic, take their time, figure this out, and 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 get serious by twenty six and twenty seven. Well, certainly, yeah they they look like they could do it from the outside and the, and the road racing success and and all the technology they have and like you said, moving this gentleman over from road race to from, I was talking to Adam Wheeler about it right he's uh, he's plugged into 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 the uh, road racing world as anybody and adam said this is a huge deal bringing this guy over from moto gp to motocross side and, and yeah absolutely is, it's, it's like it's like if you know it's like bill belichick uh deciding he wants to coach baseball yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah really right um, 
once he figures it out, he's yeah. going to win. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, you mentioned Adam and, and he was there and we, we spent some time together and that should have been the telltale sign not to go up that mountain <laughs> because Adam was nowhere to be found yeah. that morning. Yeah. And I think that he had already probably was headed back to Barcelona, uh, where he lives, uh, I, yeah, it was, it was embarrassing. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, to, to be, to be that guy, you know, like yeah. imagine, yeah. imagine you, you, you guys do your mountain bike rides and I'm in the back on a 10 speed, yeah. like trying to keep so, up with you. <laughs> so Jill, but Jill just sent it down there. Just no problem. Gone, just poof, just sent it. Yeah. Yeah. They all did. And, and I mean, those guys, they came down to the bottom, down to the ski lift sideways, just roosting, you know, it was, yeah. I, I, I was like, I didn't know that Tony Caroli knew Alberto Tomba. <laughs> uh, that, 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 that is Tony Caroli. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeez, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, you would. <laughs> I mean, like you said, you ski a couple times a year. You're an intermediate, like you know. You, but yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, well, man, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, are you going to be uh, in Detroit this weekend? I am. Yeah, okay, I'm awesome. going to uh, yeah. drive up on Friday. Really looking forward to it. Um, I was supposed to be in Anaheim too, but. The uh, 45-hour trip home uh, kind of um, changed my mind, uh, but but Detroit's a drive up, and I, I'm I'm so stoked. You know, we've four different winners, four different, yep. you know, both classes, six different winners in the Triple Crown. We're going to get a new winner. New series starts this weekend, and and um, you know, I I think that uh, and and you know. It's Detroit. I, I don't think that they're as hostile as Anaheim fans are. Yeah. So I think Jet will be okay. Uh, that was a, a big it, part of the conversation wow. it, over there, too. It's like, what? That was a, an unexpected bomb. Life comes at you quick, man. Um, and you know, it, it, it does, but you know what? I, I, he'll, he'll, this too shall pass. Uh, Ricky knows a thing or two about that. Yeah, I, I that's what I've been saying and writing too. It's, it's absolutely yeah. Carmichael got, I mean, Carmichael got booed viciously, and he's fine. And you know, everybody will learn from this and we'll move on. And sometimes you're the pinata, and sometimes you're the stick. And Jet just right now is the pinata. Yeah, well, for, fortunately he's going to get company because uh, Hayden Deegan's coming, <laughs> and and he takes up one half of the internet. Uh, so yeah. uh, it'll be at least half. A little, you know, half a weight off uh, Jet's yeah. shoulders. No, it's great, man. Well, hey, thanks for the time on the uh, Fly Racing Race Race podcast. Ducati news is exi- exciting for the sport. Uh, I'm glad you're all right from the skiing. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the time, man. All right, safe travels. I'll see you in Detroit. See ya. Thanks to D- Davey Coombs from Racer X for that uh, great uh, story about the skiing and a little bit of Ducati as well. Looking forward to that. Motorsport.com. Go through the banner on pulpamex.com to help us out. Great prices. Free shipping on everything over $69, I think. And a dedicated team of gearheads there to help you out. Uh, if you go through the banner on pulpamex.com to make your purchase, that takes you to Motorsport. Then that helps us out. Uh, so they have everything you need from OEM and aftermarket parts. They've got it. Motorsport.com supporting the outdoors as well. they got the Motorsport.com uh, FFL on Pulpamex Fantasy. Yeah, so Motorsport guys uh, do a lot for the sport. And the uh, number one online retailer for sure, Motorsport.com. Uh also, thanks to Renthal, Maxis, and, of course, the Fly Racing guys. Check out the Evo gear. It's the top-of-the-line gear from Fly Racing, all stretching in the right place, all fitting in the right place. And uh, they got the BOA as well to help tighten up the fit. Flyracing.com for more information on that. All right, here's Justin Bogle talking about the Stark. Audio is a little screwed up. That's my bad. Um, it's something to do with uh, my uh, Mac computer that I forgot to do. 
So it is my fault. It's not bad. You can listen to it and make your own judgment there. But love talking to Bogle. Uh, love the guys at Stark, and that thing is really, really cool. I can't wait to ride one. So here's Justin Bogle talking about the Stark. Apologies for the audio. It's uh, not ideal. We like to do audio perfection here, but, you know, not everybody's perfect, everybody. Thanks for listening. Here's Bogle. All right, everybody. First up on the RaceRx podcast, uh, a good friend of mine. I uh, had to see him riding a Stark in the UK Arena Cross Series, and I have a ton of questions about that and more. It's Justin Bogle. What's up, man? How are you? How you doing, guys? How we doing? I'm excited. You know, I'm having a great time, and it's always a pleasure. It's always a show. Uh, first of all, uh, I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor. Tell me this isn't true, that you're letting Rankin stay at your house? <laughs> I mean, interestingly enough, I, I had to fly home this week. Um, me and my, my wife, we had the uh, our interview for immigration and some stuff for her. She's from England mm-hmm. and all that. So the day I landed, I hadn't been home in a month or so. The mm-hmm. day I landed was the day he coincidentally left. No, about two, geez, hour, two hours before I got there. And I, <laughs> <laughs> then he texted me, oh, hey, let me borrow your van the whole time. I, time I broke your, your mirror. I got to get a new mirror. I was like, <laughs> sweet. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. You know, what are friends for? Yeah, exactly, man. No, that, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, let's get to the bottom of this little, bottom of this little bit. You're, you, you Stark, you've been riding the UK, UK Arena Cross. I'm really curious, like, how did this, how did this come about? Who, who, who what, ha- what happened to the genesis of this deal with you being sort of a, a Stark guy now? Yeah, man. I mean, it's crazy how things work out. You know what I mean? Like, life is that way. You just keep waking up and doing your thing, and eventually, <clears throat> somehow seems like cool stuff ends up happening and stuff if you just yeah. keep going. So <laughs> with this deal, I, this, I was super intrigued by it initially because mm-hmm. I obviously was at the end of my career, <clears throat> not really sure what I was going to do, do, but I even at first was the fact that I wanted to ride one. Mm-hmm, and, I, mm-hmm. and I just, you know, if I, I wrote, I was like, if I like it, I may try to get one or do mm-hmm. whatever just for myself. But I ended up talking to Seb at uh, at Dortmund when I went in when I went over there. Okay. Last year. Tortelli, Seb Tortelli, Seb Tortelli for people. Yeah, who... Tortelli. One of my one of my one of my friends is like a big Tort- like big Tortelli fan from okay. from okay. like, we were... Yep. So I was I was sneaking a picture of him, which this could have went so like embarrassing. <laughs> he catches me sneaking a photo of him from like across the pit and looks at me and I like waved. I like waved and oh, shit. That was so weird. I gotta go talk. I gotta go talk to him. Hey, dude, like, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be weird. I was just a big fan. I was like, yo, Tortelli's here. Tortelli's here. We ended up talking, and Seb is, if anyone knows Seb, he's obviously so cool. So he was awesome. And we just talked, and then he asked me, so, like, what are you doing after, you know, what are you doing next year? And I was like, well, I don't really have any plans. And he's like, huh, okay, well, no, let's, let's yeah. talk. And I was like, cool. And then didn't hear anything else about it for quite a while. And then it all happened, like, pretty quick. It was, like, quick. It was, like, a... I came in like a tornado, and the next thing I next thing I knew, I was in Spain. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whoa, what the hell, the hell happened? But uh, they hit me up to come over and, t- and test and do stuff. Mm-hmm. I did like a five week contract back, which I've never before, so that was <laughs> five, interesting. It five was, weeks, yeah, yeah, it was weird, but it was cool. And I was gonna race a few things, but then they didn't end up letting us race uh, race uh, Paris races, which. In hindsight, like dude, I mm-hmm. would not have been ready. I hadn't been ready. I hadn't been riding none of that. So. Uh, it ended up working. Ended up working out for. Them. I just stayed over, tested, rode, got to know the guys, and I got along really well with all the guys. Like, well, yeah, you're, at the bottom, like bottom, like you're Jeff was. You're Jeff Ogle. You're a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not everyone would say that. I'm sure, but I, I, man, I was like, dude, I'm having a blast. Like, it's like 
most i'm american through and through right like obviously i mean technically my lineage i'm like the most american so um Sp spain is one of the few countries that if i have to spend time i'm like not bummed i'm pumped on yeah. i like it there yeah. so i had a time hung out with other guys uh, like funny enough uh, his name's ricard in 2019 when me and derek went to barcelona supercross so going into going into 2020 as a kid racing like the younger class there and okay. Big fan and like hung like hung out with us the whole time. Like, <laughs> okay. come to find out, he you know, he's like in my mechanic. It's just crazy yeah. how things work, right? Right. So I just got along with everybody, and I really enjoyed my time there. And luckily for me, they saw some value in what I was doing. Like, I wasn't great at it when I was young. When I was young, but I'm getting good at testing and, and feeling for things. And I'm not having to try to to try to race 35 races a year, you know. So. Mm -hmm. Felt like we made a lot of progress and then ended up getting a deal done shortly thereafter and yeah it ended up being a two-year deal and i'm kind of just racing anywhere we can and a mm -hmm. uh, big part for me is like developing motorcycle because i mean it seems crazy but we're literally but we're like stock bikes with suspension on them you know yeah and it's like it's pretty damn pretty damn good you know it's crazy but it's got it needs some needs some work for supercross basically you wouldn't take any bike a stock bike with suspension we had a high level and race supercross us so i'm working we're figuring things out with that it's getting a lot better and i'm really enjoying this uk series too and it's been really good for me to get some gate drops and some, some high intensity like tight racing that i'm obviously not really mm -hmm. but it's helping with being with getting progress done with the bike that maybe if i get our our practice track you know it's that's not going to happen so it's also kind of shortcutting my fitness issue because I didn't really ride from like <laughs> Melbourne until Melbourne until at uh, Manchester. <laughs> okay, okay. So and obviously last time I'd ridden. Wait, you didn't. Ridden, wait, you didn't go to show. Dortmund to, to Dortmund to hang. No, Dortmund. When I went there, that was I guess you know typical me here. I'm talking too much. Um, Dortmund was when I went over there. That was in that was last year. Oh, last year. I thought it was yeah, like so, okay. So, sorry. Right, so got last it. year when I went to January that's of last when year. I, got it. Yeah. Yep. So that's when I had spoke to Seb the okay. very first time. Got it. So then all this other stuff had happened. So, um, no, I didn't race Norman this year. Okay. Um, the German, I don't think the German Federation is, is ready, is ready for, mm -hmm. they prove it yet. So yeah. not doing that, but, but yeah, so these races though shortcut my fitness issue because i guess i got to the first i was like oh wow uh, these race races are so short and yeah. i'm like but the intensity level was like so high that i was like dying out there dying out there so hiding from like pretty much from pretty much from wsx uh first practice first practice at round one the ideal but mm -hmm. i mean we're trying to figure out the deal and then get a bike and then obviously i'm not going to shortcut the line there's a lot of people waiting on bikes and they're working all day long at the factory uh trying to get these things pumped out so mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's fine i'll just once i get over there then we can really then we can really so having a lot of fun man a lot of fun man cool and that uk series it's crazy but it's so fun dude i just the pits were like all in the same pits like, yeah i'm like cruising through everyone's pits hanging out talk, talking we're all hanging out everyone's quite my teammates are cool like it's been really fun yeah that's awesome no good for you a two-year deal that's awesome i imagine you're getting a salary so that's cool um now, had you ridden the Alta before? Do you have any experience when you got on you got on the bike in Spain? Did you didn't ridden one of the electric bikes electric bikes at all? Okay, um, <laughs> I, I had not. I, Alta um, during um, during the years excuse me during the years that the Alta was around was around obviously I, yeah you know full full speed speed ahead was doing but um, I did have a uh, the Greenger guys actually 
hooked up me and Cole up me and Cole with a it's like the one ten sized sized mm-hmm. uh, pit bike electric ones, and it was it was we we've had on them so <clears throat> that uh, the electric bike experience that I've got. So when I went over there, obviously the whole team and everyone was there, and I went straight to a supercross track, and it was a brand new supercross track. And brother, let me tell you, uh, I don't embarrass easily, but I'm talking ears were hot. <laughs> I was out there. <clears throat> double, double, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's gonna take me a minute. <laughs> uh, I it's, promise I do know yeah, how to do this. You're like, but hey, man, it doesn't look like yeah, it. Yeah, I just want to let you know. You no, know, I, I, I did cross championship. I trust me, me, and it's gonna come back. <laughs> yeah, just, just uh, a couple days. So, <laughs> so that first first day, we went to the hotel. Me and my wife was there. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, dude, I'm. Second lap, I'm jumping everything. Like, there's this big quad on the track. I'm jumping it. Don't jump in it. Don't care if I die. I'm like, I ain't doing this again. Again. So, like, day two, got it over with quick, and that was quick, and that was fine. But it's a man to ride. Those things are weird. They're weird. Uh, I wrote, I haven't ridden the Stark yet. I sent uh, Nick Way to go fill in for me at Glen Helen to go test it a while back. And, but I did ride the Ulta a, a bunch. And yeah, man, the no down and the throttle, con- throttle control and that's the shit. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not easy. That's the thing. It's like the thing. It's like it's just so different, you know. Mm-hmm. Like for me on outdoors, like I wrote it on outdoors, <clears throat> like thirty minutes one morning just to try it before I agreed to do like supercross testing for them. Mm-hmm. And it took me half a lap. And outdoors, like, dude, I think this is the best bike I've ever ridden in my life. This is so fun. I'm like yeah. laughing while I'm riding. <laughs> then obviously <clears throat> with supercross, it was like drastically different, and it, it yeah. took some time. But but. <clears throat> I, I've obviously ridden other bike friends and stuff, and I I've let my friends or like like others that I I'm at the track with because mm-hmm. like the, the bikes I have are demo bikes right now in America they're just stock demo bikes so mm-hmm. I'm, I can let people ride them so I was letting people ride them and then they're like you want to try mine I'm like yeah sure and I'm like, yeah sure and I'm like dude good but like I don't want to I don't want to ride it like I want my bike. <laughs> and, and, and like, everyone's like yeah dude obviously you're getting paid by the guys and so i'm like yeah okay i'm not getting paid a million dollars to do this and i'm not like i'm not getting commission off selling these things you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. i'm on like the race team side to try to help develop the bike and try to race the thing but i legit but i legit i love the thing it's so fun especially so fun especially you can take it straight out the box to outdoors box to outdoors and get blast yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Now, what sitting do you like? What are you on horsepower wise? <clears throat> so I did a video for this the other day. Okay, the guys and I uh, up up until this weekend, the track weekend in uh, in Aberdeen was super soft and sticky and like ruddy. <clears throat> so I bumped up the horsepower a little bit, but but it, every day, no matter where I was, on fifty five horsepower and like forty engine brake. That okay. was like my sweet yeah. spot. That was yep. comfy, comfy. Yep, but. I was running 60 horsepower with power there. And then I've kind of been running it on 60 now, mm-hmm. but it's an adjustment period too. But the thing is, thing is it's cool with like with software stuff, right? Like people don't really realize how much the, the modern day green four stroke is with the electronics, electronics, you know, yep. like it's very much, much that already. So with these things, like I was like, dude, this throttle, it's like, it's too snappy for me. And okay. like the electric power, you know, like, you get on it, you turn the horsepower up, and you're like, whoa, holy shit, I'm about to fall off the back, getting flash. So I had him, like, make the throttle just, like, a slower progression where it's, like, feels like, feels like yep. I lived a lot of my career in that, you know, career in that, you know, area, you know, like, edge of the tire, coasting, quarter throttle, like, stuff like that, like that. And after we a couple changes, like, I was like, okay, wow, I way better, like, I'm better, like, I'm dressing better on the thing in just the last weeks, you know? 
the cool thing is, is like, it was like, I, I, I made this analogy with like the boys at the shop. I was like, look, you, you meet a girl. You're not going to be like, Hey, you want to like come to my, come to my house and you know, we get all this. You got to take her on a date, on a date. You got to take her to the, how to dance with her first. Right. Right. You got to learn how the thing works. Yeah. And it's different. You know, like the skill yeah. set from a two stroke to a four stroke changed drastically on what it took to be great on it. And it's kind of the same thing, the same thing. It's just a, right. It's a little different, you know, and, you know, and yeah. those things, it's like human, humans are inherently resistant to change, resistant to change, change is inevitable. So things happen. Right. And like, it takes time. So there's always going to be pushback to change and there is, but no one that owns one of rides on it. Yeah, I mean, it was, there was pushback. To they're two so strokes. damn fun, dude. Yeah, there was pushback to two strokes in the seventies when the four strokes ruled and there was pushbacks to four strokes when the two strokes, two strokes ruled and all of that, like that, that doesn't matter to me. You're always going to get that. Like you said, right. You said, right. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a great bike and said all the things that could be tuned on it, on it, uh, it's pretty cool. And a lot of time doing that. Um, and then I, I liked your setting. Uh, when, when I was talking to podcast with Kiefer and Nick and they, and they were like, look, man, I mean, they were like, it's a great bike. They loved it. They're like, no one needs 80 horsepower. You know, like, you know, like we are professionals Nick, and we, we don't need 80 horsepower, which I tend to agree with a little bit, a bit, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's all, yeah. I mean, if I won't ride it on 80 horsepower, I don't think, <laughs> I honestly don't think anybody should. No. I have ridden it on 80 horsepower just to try it because yeah. it's like, it's a cool thing, right? You're like, I, I want to try it. Like, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a man. I want to, you know, want to, you know, yeah. tough. And then I got, I was like, all right, maybe I was like, all right, maybe I'm really, cause that's a lot, but it's just cool. Cause you can literally adjust it from 10 horsepower to 80 if you want to, you know what I mean? It is. Yeah. If your wife jumps like, on it, you can. You can exactly. put in the like, ten, yeah, exactly. Our, our suspension guy, we we're testing with the uh, Andriani guys in Spain, and, and I really have enjoyed working with those guys. With those guys, the guy, they had, they took so much data, all this stuff, and it was pretty impressive, honestly, without much supercross experience. And he said, "I said, wow, I've never, I've never done that before." I'm like, "That's cool." He said, "Too much, uh, too much data, not, not enough data, could, could be a problem." <laughs> so, kind of the same thing, right? I'd rather have it, get the need, and not have it. Yeah. So it's, it, it's cool to have case. I mean, for me, dude, I wouldn't really recommend this, but I wasn't sure on because I'm still learning and I'm testing something every time. I, every time I go out on these or practice right now, so I had like three different maps map setting, settings mm -hmm. during the heat races, and I was every couple laps I'd switch and see what I felt like I liked, and then for the way the track was there at Aberdeen, I ended up settling on 60 horsepower and 40 to break, mm -hmm. but. I mean, like I said, I wouldn't really say to do that on a supercross track, but the fact that you can is like mm -hmm. so damn cool and cool. Do you think like racing this thing, real world racing? Now, obviously, it's arena cross and it's so so tight, like you said. But where do you feel like you have an edge? Have an edge on guys bike wise, and feel like <clears throat> they have an edge on you? Um, honestly, for outdoors, I feel like it would pretty awesome right now. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. For for supercross, it's tough because. I say supercross. I'm racing arena cross, and like the tracks we're riding are small, so it, it makes the adjustments different, right? 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 Like uh, the bike, so the the racing portion of of start so new that like mm -hmm. different parts and you know clamps and linkages and things that you would cycle through on like a team factory race team team were were happens because it's all it's all new, you know? So those things are kind of taking more time, taking more time. So I think once we get a little more settled in with that and have that and have more try for me to test, it'll be a lot better. But right now, one thing I like about it, but it was really difficult to figure out and I don't drill it every time, but it's the start. Yeah. 
That's got it's weird, right? You just turn the throttle like how it's yeah, right. Tough because you're on the gate. And for me, the way I've done my starts my whole career, and they and they it was affected most of the time. I it's not that anymore. Like I can't do them that way, obviously. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So it's like tough to drill it every time, but, but the one being the beautiful thing about it is like like obviously you don't have to shift. Mm-hmm. You know? That makes it really, really, really like awesome on the starts. So a lot of us obviously get good starts. Some some guys aren't, but it's it's different. Really getting used to. But I think right now the thing is just for racing, you just haven't had enough time to really develop really develop it, which is yep. honestly a big part of why they hired me for, for two years. You know, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm getting old. Okay. So like in the two years <laughs> or a couple of years, whenever they three four whatever it is, is and they go to get someone who's you know younger, all that to go race race we can get approved for racing like that's that's not that i'm having a hell of a time doing what i'm doing right now for sure are you sticking with kyb versus supercross stuff like uh that's what i come stock with are yeah you, yeah yeah still with KYB. Yeah. Um, it's pretty impressive what, impressive what they've been able to do there right like for all you know banton and ben and seb and you look at the factory and like yeah man there there, there is no shortage of spend there to to get this bike going so it's impressive it really isn't honestly like you go to the, you go to the factory and it's like so crazy it just it just feels like like even yeah you know like some some people are like kind of scoffing at me for saying saying this but it really feels like you're at like something like a like a tesla or like a yeah, big, yeah, yeah. Te- like a like an apple at the in the 90s mm-hmm. like you're like you feel like you're everyone there top to bottom, bottom is doing more than their for their job title title mm-hmm. but there's excitement because you feel like you're a part of you're a part of something going to change an industry or or be a big you know, monumental thing, right? And it does feel that way, and it's it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, you go in there, and everyone's working <laughs> from the time you get there, and then till the place closes. You know, it's, yep. it's pretty awesome. No, that's that's really cool. Uh, Justin Bogle here on the Fly Racing Fly Racing Race, talking about the new Stark deal. Um, uh, first of all, I guess too, I Seb is one of my favorite in the industry. Absolutely. Love Seb when he was fond of the dude was the nicest dude dude ever. He never changed, and he's that way now. Are you just grilling him on like racing RC stories, dude? We were joking about this because so we went to uh, Dublin and drove to Belfast for the Ireland round. It was me and Seb flew together together and rode, but it was like a two hour drive. Yeah, yeah. And I got there, I was like, guys, I definitely gave Seb, gave Seb a mic. There's no <laughs> doubt. Just- because I mean, yeah. I I mean, we know I can I can talk some a little too much sometimes, but yeah. I I from the first times at the track with them, I'm just like I'm just like okay, well, like people give you you went in that LA Supercross, but no Supercross, but no one raced you. You fell in the first turn and like <laughs> came all the way back to like fourth, and it, that was nuts. And then I'm asking him like, okay, so but what did you do to the chassis on that thing that honda when you came over you know like yeah, everyone yeah, says yeah. and how about this and then how was when you went back to europe on the key the ktm with that late thing was that tough like i'm grilling him about everything dude and at first i think he was actually kind of impressed because i knew about like because i i love this yeah shit, a lot of don't know a lot of guys like you you don't know shit about this you know yeah, yeah. I, I love i love it dude and like we were joking because i said there's those those motovision youtube videos yeah yeah they were like the they're like video magazines basically from like the nineties and it would be like G- GP whatever, and, and those are su- sweet. Like I loved them, but from every now and then when I, and then when I see them on YouTube, they're just, mm. and there was one of him when he was super, he was super young and he had like 
you know, the long hair up top and he yeah. had like the, the dangly cross earring. And I was like, dude, holy shit. It's literally cold. You guys would have been best <laughs> friends or you would have hated each other. Like, this is hilarious. This is hilarious. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, yeah. He's got a lot of great, he's got a lot of great stories. And he was the guys nice. too. Yeah. I said, said, honestly, guys, I mean, not to blow said here, blow said here, but the best move they made as a company race wise, like obviously they've, they're a big company and they've mm-hmm. done a lot of things otherwise, but for the racing side, definitely hiring Sebastian because he's a time world champion and one of the only guys who could ever run Ricky's pace. Yep. And you wouldn't know it, dude. He's the most humble, awesome dude, nicest guy, but he also knows his stuff. And that's so important. He knows his stuff and, it, and he's been awesome for me. It, you know? it, it's funny because why well, can't I to make jokes because Everyone just says, oh, Ricky, oh, Ricky crushed ours. He killed the outdoors. There was never any challenge. Nobody, nobody ever challenged. Uh, in 01, Seb led the outdoors until halfway. Like, he was beating Ricky till halfway. Yeah. Halfway. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean like, he did that. No, <laughs> so, no. so. He, he was literally. And I mean, you forget, you forget too, there was 01. Yeah, 01, whenever, 01 whenever, I believe. Yeah. 01, like even like Redbud, right? Like he rode through the guys and would have won that moto and then ran out of gas right at the end, you know, like yeah. Seb was yep. insane. I mean, obviously everyone talks about Glenn Hill in 99, but 99, he also played the series until he got hurt. Yeah. 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 He would have won in uh, 98, 98, uh, when he 99. first, 99, sorry. He would have won the title yeah. that year. He broke his, For sure. br- br- broke his wrist at, you know, won it. Low um, cross jump. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's interesting. So, okay, I saw Valveries, Thomas Doe race Paris, but they sort of sort of raced the next have been race. They weren't really allowed to race the main race. Uh, the UK guys obviously have been a bit flexible. They're, the and, and Doe's been racing the French Supercross series with series with this thing. I mean, I've talked to some of the high ups, ups here in America, America uh, MX Sports, Feld. They have some valid um, concerns and and reasons for you know pushing back against Stark Racing. Uh, but then again, I want to see them race. Um, it's a difficult subject. It's a touchy subject. The guys at Stark, the last time I talked, the last time I talked to them, don't want to do some sort of Stark, sort of Stark only race. I mean, everyone. Um, um, do you happening? Do Do you feel like a positive, uh, positive um, uh, swing on that? Is there some momentum going with that? That these other people are going to let Stark uh, in and play ball with them? I think, yeah. I mean, I think in time, I think in in time, eventually, it's going to end up happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think obviously a lot of it hinges on the fact of like the other companies are there's other companies developing as well. Yeah, we saw trade. And, and when, yeah, they, yeah. when they have yeah. them, yeah. they'll want to race them too, too, you know? And it's been been fun and I almost for the best that we're racing a series first that aren't as not to take any away from the other series that we're doing because they've been awesome awesome. But it's US Supercross, US Motocross is the pinnacle for our sport. And Rightfully, rightfully so. I mean, I look at the guys racing right now, and right now, and I don't want a part of that. No chance, right? <laughs> like, it, it looks, it's insane. But I understand, I understand the reservations, obviously. And I mean, I'm not a salesman or a paid spokesperson. I paid race the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the even the first round at um, at um, there was a lot of I don't know, like I don't know, like can't really hear you. that whatever. Yeah, yeah. But but you know, four rounds in and. Uh, all that kind of stuff's not really as much of an issue as everyone thought it was going to be. Yep. You know, it's it's pretty normal. Like it, it still makes sound. It's just not as loud. And for me, I I mean, I cried with earplugs, so yep. the sound didn't really affect me at all. So it doesn't bug me. I mean, I, it's the same for me. But I understand 
like I said, I understand some of the some of the pushback. I understand mm-hmm. this is touchy. I also I also understand that Mark Company doesn't want to want to do like a Mark only exhibition thing because yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. not really what it is. Just, you know, it's not it's not a novelty thing. Like it's a legit race bike. You know, it's not mm-hmm. a it's not like a like a a play bike. It, it can be, but it's but it's the same can be competitive in race and race. Yeah, it's better than a factory Honda four three Honda four fifty. Oh, it's not, but in time they we can be at that level for racing but i get it i know it's just going to take some time but mm-hmm. the uh we're racing the french sx tour as well this year yep so that'll so kind of litmus test to see because the tracks because the tracks are bigger it's guys like you know bray yeah uh, remet like Le francois like guys like that you know i don't want to leave anybody out uh, thomas though obviously like a bunch of really good guys asleep in their environment you know mm-hmm. so absolutely uh, that's going to be a pretty pretty big test to see kind of where we fit in but also kind of just to get a better gauge on you know bigger tracks and more guys like how do how does it race with everybody you know because i choose with racing in a if i'm in a i mean if you i mean if you have any awareness at all that someone's there yep. you know you don't know i'm like yes you know if justin parsons behind you because you know you can hear the back of the valves yeah. on the motorcycle, you know, but you also know if, uh, Jet Lawrence is behind, Lawrence is behind you and you probably cycle, you know? Yeah. So, so I mean, like, look. I, I get it, but I get it, but it's, it's one of those things that goes back to the, the, the chance. It's tough because it's so different. There's just no reason in my eyes. And I told some of the powers to be this, that they can't put them in vet class at Loretta's. You exactly. know, I, I don't too. see I don't see a reason why I get it on the pro level, and also too, you know, all the OEMs pay MX Sports and Feld, right? They all sponsor, they all pay. So I think you know, also they don't want to let anybody in that doesn't want to pay. You know, and I'm not saying Stark Stark doesn't want to pay, but there's so many political things that you mentioned going on to racing supercross. But you get them at uh, the vet level at Loretta's? No, no, we should. So well, I mean, I think awesome because I mean it's the vet classes or you know whatever classes that it would be mm-hmm. i mean even for my, another year to go to go by like maybe i want to go plus 25 or something you yeah. know like you yeah. know like yeah. i love racing and being around everyone and one and you know the track like maybe it, that'd be fun for me but i couldn't do it right now yeah. um i couldn't do it i don't think anyway but i couldn't do it on a start right now which is kind yeah. of a bummer because a bummer because i think you don't let them race like 250 pro or what it's fine yeah but but even like kind of back to what I was saying earlier, the racing, the UK series, racing French tour, these races like this, it's great because it almost kind of, it softens the blow a little bit. And yeah. yeah. Normalizes shows it, people, right? yeah. it. Normalizes it, but it also kind of shows people like, it's actually not that crazy. <laughs> like it's not like, if you think it's like crazy dangerous, it's the same, yep. you know? So I think slowly implementing it and other, and other things like a vet class, beneficial, not, not, you know, Stark or whoever ever comes out with an electrical, but also for like the sanctionaries and the federations because they're trying trying to be smarter, which I one thousand percent respect because they should be about where do we place these things, mm-hmm. how do we limit these things, what do we do, and and it's a good way to the UK guys are like they're like all right, we're gonna do this. some of the bikes have more or some we'll put it here and they for they check after they check the data they go through all the stuff they mm-hmm. get all of that so. There's no way to like cheat the system because they. Right. It's just like going to impound, you know. Like you can check the you can check the on a bike. You can also check the data on what, 
what we, all of that stuff, which is above my pay grade, above my pay grade. I'm not a technician, but you can do all that as well. So I think it would be good just to learn, to learn how and where and what, and what they can place and how they can limit it and all that yeah. stuff, right? Like some factory for fifties, they have more horsepower for sure. But like me running it, I'll run it at 55. A lot of times it's like, you don't always want more horsepower, no. you know? So it's like, I don't know, just figuring out where they, where they fit in. And like, I don't think they fit in, fit in, in a, a special class. You know, I think it, think it didn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you mentioned, um, uh, do, uh, doing the UK do now you mentioned, are you doing the French? You yourself? Yes. Or to start. Okay, so you got that. Like what's like what's your are you coming are you just are you now in Europe now in Europe full time, Bogle? See you with like a croissant and like a croissant and like a hat on? What's your deal with Stark and Stark and how come to America and ride it and do whatever? Yeah, so I actually have I've got a bike here. I'm in the US right now, just yep. this week. Like I said, I had to come back for a couple of days, mm-hmm. but um I've been in Spain since early like first ish of January. Yep. Just because it's a lot easier and honestly easier. I was going to come back after the next round and first round. And we had a couple weeks off, a couple weeks off, but I talked to the guys and I talked to Seb and I'm like, like we're, we're making rest. Like, I, I think I need to stay weeks until the last round, the last round, round test. And it's nice to be, to be around the gun at the factory and like, you know, have the relationship mm-hmm. instead of being on my own. So I am spending a lot of time in Spain right now for sure. Um, some of, some of it's by choice. I think it's more beneficial, beneficial for me and for the, I mean, for, yep. you know, the, you know, the race team. Um, I am going to come back here for a while after the last round mm-hmm. and do all that. And they're, they're going to end up meeting guys in, you know, Southern California and all of that. And, sure. you know, sure. you know, maybe more of that, who knows, whatever, but, um, it's nice being here because I'm here because if I go ride supercross, oh, even if I'm at a public track, at a public track, you're still around different guys. The tracks are different. They're. You know, they get chewed up, all of that. So it's still good learning. So yep. I'll be bouncing back and forth quite a bit. Okay. I mean, the passport's stamped up. I can promise <laughs> you, but it's a little, it's a little tiring at times. But you know, at the stage I'm at in life, dude, who am I to complain about? No, this, this is my great. Life is crazy, dude. I, yeah, this is I great. I get paid to go ride dirt bikes. It, and a very cool new thing. A cool new thing and travel around. This, this is the. This is like the fourback of Justin Bogle. <laughs> this is like, dude, I'm like Jason Voorhees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you just you can't keep you down, man, man. And I love it. it's great. Keep it up and like, yeah, yeah. Somebody want to pay you to ride a dirt bike? Take it. Uh, Beautiful. It's a dream, man. Yeah, it yeah, is. Hon- yeah. It is. Honestly, what I'm living right now. It's, That's cool. I'm super, I'm super grateful. And, and no pressure, some... right? No pressure. No pressure to like you know get and all of that. Yeah, like like. And that dude, like I'm, and I've I've kind of taken on a role too with like. Some of the guys on the team with us are younger, like mm-hmm. Eddie Wade, dude. He was a junior world champion, and then he had a big injury and kind of stepped away from racing for a little bit, and then came back with this deal. With this deal, I really like Eddie. He's he's young, young. Uh, he's a good kid, and he's got big heart. Yeah. But I've been Supercross, kind of struggling with it first, right? But I've been kind of taking on like more of like a mentorship role, which has been really fun for me too. You know, I've been I'm at the races with him on the gate with him. And I'm in supposed to staging or like figuring out what I'm doing. <laughs> and I'm and I'm with it. What's our plan? We're doing this. This yeah. is yeah, doing? It. like it's have, it's been really fun. You know that part of it's been cool too. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. Uh, I'm super super happy for you. Love to get a scoop on this. Good luck with everything with everything at Stark. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see you racing and you know some outlaw stuff or Glen Helen Helen or no, just whatever. Yeah. Right? Something, man. Yeah. What, hey, whatever, whatever, whenever. I'll do it. So. Uh, 
Thanks, man. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Fly Race and Rex Podcast, Justin Bogle. Good luck with everything, man. And yeah, keep in touch. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate you. Thanks, Pleasure Justin. as always. All right. See you. All right. See ya.